Welcome to Angel Impact, the official podcast of the Wisconsin River Business Angels. Episode 11, Value and Use. All right. Hello, everyone. My name is Aaron Marks, and I'm pleased to be with you on this episode of Angel Impact. Angel Impact is the official investment podcast of the Wisconsin River Business Angels, otherwise known as the WRBA. And the WRBA has the distinction of, among other things, being Central Wisconsin's only angel investment group. And I'm here, as always, with the leadership of the WRBA. I'm here with President Jeff Ebel. How's it going, Jeff? Great. Great. Good morning. Good. Uh, same here. And then I'm also here with the chair, Leon. How are you, Leon? Leon I'm doing fine. Thank you very much. <laughs> good, good. So, uh, you know, we, we've been kind of doing a series about um, the due diligence process and quantifying and valuing in investments. And so today our discussion um, is going to be about quantifying the value and, and the use that um, that investment companies provide uh, to de determine whether they're good investments, basically. And, and Jeff, you just shared with us um, when we were preparing for this episode that basically there's one question that everything comes down to. And from that, you know so many things. Um, you know whether the entrepreneur is coachable, if, if they're in touch with this question. You, you know from the answer uh, whether it's a good investment. So tell us, what is that question? <laughs> How much should I charge for my product or service? Oh, golly, that's such a hard question. I mean, as an <laughs> entrepreneur, I can tell you that keeps me up at night. Yeah. <laughs> so how do we find the answer? <laughs> oh, there's there's a number of ways to find the answer. Uh, one is to throw stuff at the wall and see what's there. And that's yeah. typically the way a lot of people do it. Or they look at their competition, say, well, okay. you know, go down the road. He's charging, you know, X, X dollars for it. But if and I know I, you guys, if, and yeah, I think but I do, it's, <laughs> then you to you're, compete with them, I'm I got to come yeah. in under his price. So then they ah, drop their price, right? And that has no real bearing on really what you, the value of your product or service is. And you're not going to make an angel investment in a company that makes its decisions that way, right? Um, <laughs> and nope. And you're suggesting maybe there's a more scientific approach, right? There is a more scientific <laughs> approach, right? Right. Yeah. So who wants to talk about that? Well, let me Ahead, take Leon. a let me take yeah. a stab at it. We talked about segmenting the marketplace to start with. Okay. Yeah. Then we pick in the top value, the highest value one to start with. And then to start with that, we really have built hypotheses. And guided by these hypotheses we built, we then ask four simple questions when we're out interviewing these experts. We ask this expert, what is being used now? How do you do it today? So he's going to tell you all about the products, all the services and how this is done. And uh, he'll tell you who are the competition, how does the channels to the market work. So that simple question, how do you how do you do it now is giving you an awful wealth of information on the competition. And once you have all that information, you go on to the second question. Well, what does it cost now? If it's a cost for their particular process or product that they're using, he'll tell you, it's uh, basically I pay this amount and such and such, but if I get this service with it, it's that much more or it's that much less. And uh, therefore that's, uh, that's what it's costing me today. And then you come back with the third question. And the third question is say, if you had to do it all over again, what would you do different? Or if you had to say, uh, and, and say 
another dimension, another way of asking that question is say, what's wrong with how you're doing it now? And if it's their baby, sometimes you don't want to use that method. Just say, <laughs> if you want to make improvements, what improvements would you want to make? Yeah. And then that's non-threatening. And then they'll tell you, say, here's what's really not right. You know, if they only packaged it up differently, you know, I could save myself a lot of time and money and my customers could save a lot of time and money and it would be worth a lot more to me. I could charge a higher price for my thing. Well, that really begs the fourth question. If you did that, what would it be worth? So now you start looking at the dimensions between the way they do it now and the way they'd like to have it done. How much time would that save you? Time is money. Number two, how many people are involved in that? What is the skill level you need to do that? And number two, and then you also have additional dimensions that come back and tell you what other things are important and what are they worth? Well, this one, if we could just make it look prettier, that would have a lot of value to me. Well, how are you going to quantify that value? And you can do that by trial and error. Say, okay, if it was, you know, if it's a bandage and you don't want a black bandage, you know, you really want to have a pretty blue one because that's what the kids like. You know, what is the value of a blue one versus a black one? Well, the black one, you might say, I'd never buy that, you know, because it just doesn't look right. But a blue one looks sort of enticing. And, you know, I would pay, you know, another 25% premium for that. Well, what is the cost of a dye if you're selling bandages? It maybe cost you another 5% more. And he's telling you I can get 25% more if I have that, that product with those colors. You say, okay, how much do we want to charge? Well, we can charge maybe another 10% more. And then he's taken 10% to the bank. So you're both winning. And so those are the way you use those four questions. You now know the competition, the price, how they get at the market and so forth. And you really have them laying out the channel distribution. And when you want to find this product, where do you look for it? These are all things that we, we won't get on just one interview. That's what we get by the time we get to the to the sixth or seventh or eighth interview because yeah. we got all the first questions answered. We then get the more in depth on the other ones. And that's yeah. the in-depth understanding of the need that really is required for a successful business. So, so it astounds me, Leon, that, you know, the level, you know, the granularity uh, to which you are able to quantify, you know, these, um, uh, the value of, the, of these products or services and, you know, figure out exactly what people are going to be willing to buy for or, or willing to pay for these. I, I want to go on a very intentional and uh, as brief as possible tangent with you just for a second here. And I, I was wondering, could you offer just one little story about your time in Japan that illustrates you making this calculation, you know, getting to know a new culture and, you know, having some cultural understanding of something affect the valuation of a company, you know, or a product or service. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Let's go to Japan. Uh -huh. The company we, or I was with, made the silicone caulk. This is the rubbery stuff that went around the bathtub and it was rubbery and it uh, allowed the, the tub not to leak beyond the ceramic tile and use it around windows, doors, and so forth. And that product had a nice clean smell here. It sort of had that uh, smell of acetic acid. And they said, oh, that's a nice clean smell. People mm -hmm. liked it. And the contractors, when they use it, liked it. What is something well, that smells like that that people would know? You know? Uh, vinegar. Vinegar, OK, yeah. OK, vinegar. That's yeah. the type of uh, smell it had. Yeah. And vinegar, to many people here, is a clean smell. Yeah. Well, when we found out why aren't we selling this product in Japan? It's really not moving at all. And yet they have the same types of equipment and bathrooms and so forth and the same needs. And when we went into there and really understood that, we discovered there was a cultural bias. 
And this is these emotive things that you've got to quantify. What's the emotive thing here? The emotive thing was that this smells like dead fish. That's what acetic acid smell, vinegar smell, smell to them. I'm not going to put dead fish around in my bathtub and so forth. So it's yeah. the image that was in their mind. So what did we have to do? We went back and changed the chemistry. So we had a one that we had that didn't have any smell substitute that product still give it the same label and the same target markets huh. and it didn't have the smell which is an emotive thing you yeah. know it's nothing to do with the product yeah. <laughs> other than <laughs> and and that business took off and it oh, was wow. it was fantastic and great and you no know, that's one example of how an yeah. example was you know a, a second one was when we had hurricanes in the in the area of uh, Galveston these high rises had the windows blown out after a hurricane came through there People says, well, look, that one hasn't got any windows out. There's another one without the windows. What's different? Every one of those were installed and sealed and glued with a silicone adhesive sealant to hold that glass to the structure. And see that rubber there causes that system to, uh, to give so it redistributes the stress and it's not rigid in there. So the wind blowing on the glass doesn't break it. So those all held in place. Hmm. And what happened as a result of that? All of a sudden, every architect specified silicone caulks, and that's all that's used today in these high-rise buildings. Wow. So yeah. that's how trends can affect the market. And a trend is a long, slow process to, to, to see a change, but then things can change real rapidly, like this hurricane. Mm -hmm. There's a very quick way to respond. That can open a open up your opportunity to uh, commercialization much yeah. faster than having to spend a lot of money to explain that to people. They yeah. could see it. Yeah. Uh, and you know, Leon, hearing you tell those those stories, uh, yeah, it just always astounds me how you know how well in touch you are with uh, all these little um, you know forces that that shape demands and valuation uh, for products. Um, uh, Jeff, I, I I thought it might be a good time to bring you in, and uh, you know, when we're talking about uh, you know this process that you have to subject a, a product, service, you know, and, and resulting business to, uh, you're really looking for a very particular kind of entrepreneur who can you know kind of receive. That that information and not take it personally, right? Absolutely. <laughs> you know, I, I tell them take their uh, bunch of balloons into a room full of porcupines. And <laughs> that's kind of you know, earthy. <laughs> let them poke holes in it. You've got to be thick skinned if you're going to be an entrepreneur. You've yeah. got to be thick skinned. Yeah. And what you think is the most perfect product may not be what the uh, uh, the, the market thinks is the most perfect product. Yeah. And, you know, and I, I just want to reflect on something that the, when Leon mentioned those four questions that were asked, uh, please notice that none of those questions ever talked about your product or service. Mm -hmm. These questions were to find out what the customer wants what the uh, the channels and that, these are some of the things that you discover uh, through these interviews you discover the the uh, supply chain and the channels of distribution so you learn a lot more than just from the end user and then also Leon touched on um, you know the two ways of valuing there's the emotive and the economic value and th every product or service has both at varying degrees and you need to discover what the value is in each one of those categories. And you do that again by asking the questions and then listening, <laughs> listening carefully <laughs> to the answers because you may not, you may get answers that you don't like. Yeah. 
And unless you're thick skinned, again, and you can, you can take that information, you're going to fall into the trap that many uh, losing entrepreneurs have fallen into, you know, or they lose their business or they were a failure to launch. Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, add one dimension to those four questions. Those four questions are really delving into the function that's being performed. That's why we don't need to talk about the product. If we talk about the function that function. that product performs and we deal with the function, mm. then we will know whether your product fits or what improvements are needed. You don't need mm -hmm. to talk about your product. And then you start finding out the function in the case of this uh, high rise building was in a glass with ceiling. How do you do your ceiling now in your high rise glass uh, things? And then you say, well, what's wrong? Well, I don't like when the windows blow out in a hurricane and uh, say, what is it worth if you don't have to do that? Think of the cost associated re putting all those glasses back in there. So you say, hey, getting a good product that's already maybe refined it a little bit more to make it more suitable. And then you get it spec by the architects. You've got a very protected position. So you built yourself a moat around your opportunity. And now you can go in there, even though you got competition with similar products, they probably can't do it because you got the specs all tied down. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You know, it's just, um, it's always fascinating. Uh, to hear the way you guys think about, um, you know, the businesses that you invest in and, and how it's like, yeah, it's all about the opportunity. It's all about the need. It's, you know, the product is, you know, it's simply a way to fill the need and, you know, um, mm -hmm. you know, kind of route it through the marketplace. Right. Um, and, you know, this is what angel investing is all about is, you know, it's just thinking incredibly objectively and clearly uh, through that process and guiding companies to basically fill those needs. And, and then, you know, if they can do that, they'll be scalable. Right. Yeah, and and uh, again, in entrepreneur classes, uh, you know, the first question is, what problem are you solving? What's the problem? Identify yeah. the problem first, yeah. and then what's your solution to it? Those yeah. are absolutely the two critical core elements of any business. It can be an unmet need too. That's how I use those terms in in yeah. energy, the unmet need or a or a problem that you're solving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good. Okay. Well, um, I hope that listening to this um, has given angel investors an appreciation for uh, the depth of thought that both Jeff and Leon bring to their due diligence process and, uh, and the way that they, uh, you know, are able to, you know, guide and I mean, almost engineer, uh, you know, is probably not too strong a way to say it, uh, the, the companies that, uh, that are in their care um, to, to become scalable and, and really thrive at, uh, you know, solving those those problems and, and those unmet needs that that the market has, um, because they know that's that is how you build a scalable a, a scalable company, and um, and uh, and that and that that pervades the due diligence process. It's built into every every single level uh, of what they do. So I hope you have an appreciation for that, and I hope entrepreneurs listening to this um, are having their their thinking shifted about. Uh, yeah, about how one creates a, a profitable business and that you always have to be thinking about the unmet need yourself, you know, because as an entrepreneur, I can tell you, um, I don't spend nearly enough time thinking about that as I should. And I know that would give me a different result if I spent more time thinking about it. So, um, so yep, I hope whoever you are, um, this gave you something to think about. And I know it's given me uh, very many things to think about. So uh, this has been Angel Impact. My name is Aaron Marks, and I've been here with, uh, with Jeff Ebel, the president of the Wisconsin River Business Angels, and Leanna Ostrowski, who's the chair. And Angel Impact is the official investing podcast of the Wisconsin River Business Angels, and that's Central Wisconsin's only 
Angel Investment Group. We'll see you next time on Angel Impact. Bye, everyone. Bye, Aaron. Thanks for listening to Angel Impact, the official podcast of the Wisconsin River Business Angels. To learn more about the Wisconsin River Business Angels, visit the website at www.midwestwealthventures.com or find us on Facebook. Outtakes. Enjoy this brief, playful glimpse behind the scenes of the Angel Impact podcast. Yeah. Let's see. Okay. And besides that, I'm all dressed up. You, you sure know, are. You don't want to waste that. Yeah. I got my sweatpants on here. My working. <laughs> well, that ended up being a two-part series, but. Um, okay. So that is done. Um, you could do a whole thing on value and use and determining the value of the opportunity. That could be uh, anywhere from seven to 10 minutes. I was tempted to go there and there, Jeff. And I, I know you were, I know. And that's why I was, <laughs> I did not want to, yeah. <laughs> that's, that was going to blow the, the time. Element. Exactly. Yeah. yeah and so, that really gets into our four questions and saying, oh, exactly. And I think how, that, how do we I, get the information? This I think we nice could go moment. in there now. We could do yeah, that. I think we can too. Okay. Exactly. Uh, I, I had another thought that would have tied a bunch. Well, of go ahead. No, I, it was it, that I um, I had a thought while Jeff was talking that I forgot to add it at the end, but it would have been good. Whatever. It's all right. I, it's just like a, there was something that Jeff said. It's like, oh, yeah, that's the, you know, it's like the entrepreneur going into these sessions um, and having questions instead of answers. Like that is the entrepreneur being coachable, right? Right. Uh, which is why you look for that first. Right. Before you do this. Yeah. Um, anyway value and use uh and and quantifying right yeah and here's a, a a good opening question is that because and i get this all the time in my entrepreneur classes how much should i charge for my product or service okay and i show me one uh, entrepreneur that, that doesn't have that question then there's probably somebody that's not coachable <laughs> that, uh, okay, that could be the title of the episode right there. Um, yeah, you bet. And that, I, I think if you hit that, hit that right on, that that that's the essence of. Should, should the we just then, should we just jump this, in with that question and see where it goes? Sure, and okay. then we can. Yeah, we can. We base the value of an opportunity on the answer to that question. Yeah. You know, okay. You know okay. how big, and then also the the other part of that is how many customers are out there that let, will pay that.